everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my partner in crime, a co-anchor and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How's it going? You know, it's going so good. As okay. you know, I got a new tattoo. Yes, you did. You guys want to see it? Well, yeah. I can show it. It's not on my butt. Okay. It's well, <laughs> good news. It's on my upper arm. I think I can. I think Let's the camera see. can see. Oh, yeah. So it mm-hmm. is my kitty. This is my kitty Spree. She's 16. Mm-hmm. I've talked to you guys about this on here before. This yeah. is the. This is where it's all blacked in and shaded. It's going to have color in yeah. about a month. But I am so freaking happy mm-hmm. with it. I just She's it doing had, a marvelous job. Isn't she? It, it had that skin uh, saran wrap stuff over it. Mm-hmm. And I just took it off this morning and showered so I could really see it without any of the ink still in there. Yeah. Oh my it is gosh, gorgeous. I'm so happy with it. I can't even believe it. We are yeah. so lucky to have found this artist. She oh is my gosh. So, good. so good. Because this is a portrait of my cat. It's not just any cat. That's my cat. Right. And when you look yeah. at it, it is my cat. It is. Like, that is Spreedle. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. amazing. So I'm super yeah. excited about that. And I can't wait to go back and get the color in it. And mm-hmm. something about getting a new tattoo, it just changes my energy. Sometimes when I really need something yeah. to change, things feel stagnant to me, I get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, oh my God, that's so weird. But I think it works. So I yeah. do it. Like that's not weird. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So the artist, her name is Wendy at Thompson mm-hmm. Tattoo in yeah. Idaho yeah. Falls, Idaho. And she is so freaking good. Yes. Very hard to get into, but uh, for good yeah, reason. She, you you wait months to get into her, but it's worth it because she's amazing. Yep. You know, just like I I feel the same way about the guy that did this tattoo. My uh-huh. That was Nick at Spider's Web in Idaho Falls. And he's the same. He's like two months out. Yeah. Um, super talented. Super talented. Uh-huh. It's so nice that we have good artists here because we live in a small place. You never right. know. Right. But we found some really great ones. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, very good. I love it. I'm so excited. It's turning out well. I cannot wait to see it with the color. Oh, me too. She's like, we got to get it done before summer. She can show it off. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, exactly. Well, I'm amazed she laid all of that in one sitting. That's a lot. Three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It got a little brutal at the end. I'll bet it did. But yeah. it, really, that part of your arm. It's not too bad. You know, yeah. I've had a lot of like, hand and wrist tattoos lately. Mm-hmm. It hurt freaking bad you can hardly you just you just are, are just white knuckling through it right yeah this was not bad at all this, mm-hmm. was, this was pretty much cake up here on up here higher or close to the top of my shoulder is the only place that it actually really hurt mm-hmm. good three and a half hours i was like okay i'm really done with this yeah i get that totally <laughs> well good i'm glad well all is well here too we're just doing you know now oh, yeah I don't have much to say. I Well, actually, I do. I'm excited. I ordered us a new um, piece of tech. We're, we've bought so much new tech lately. It's just insane. But we needed it, you know. We are updating. Mm-hmm. We're updating, updating a lot of things. You'll see a lot of things update here in the next couple of weeks. But one of the things we updated is how we go on field trips. Because as you guys probably remember, this fall we went on our cemetery tour that was awesome and we loved it, but we were not happy with the quality of our streams or the sound quality of our streams. Mm-hmm. They weren't as 
nearly as good as we wanted them to be. So we've been studying, we've been learning, we've been looking at what other people are doing. And so today I ordered us a super hootie uh, GoPro with all the stuff and the mics and yep, it's going to do the job. So now we just have to learn how to use it, which we can. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's going to be awesome because we have some field trips in mind coming up. So we're going to be ready to uh, be able to take you guys out with us and go see some things and do some things. So mm-hmm. yep, another cemetery tour coming or later. I want to say this spring, but the place it is is so mountainous. It might feel a little more like summer before the, uh, <laughs> yeah, before the snow's all melted. Before over. the snow's all melted. Yeah. But anyway, that's what's coming. But today we are doing our MMIW case for the week. So as you know, we have committed to doing an MMIW case once a week for this entire year to help bring a lot of awareness to MMIW that is missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. And this is something that is a huge problem, uh, especially here in the U.S. and Canada, though Mm -hmm. I think it probably is in other places as well, but that's where Mm -hmm. most of our focus has been. And the more we learn, the more we shake our heads. And honestly, if you guys feel like these cases all just feel like a cookie cutter of each other, that's because they are. It's because it's just the same shit, different day. And, Mm -hmm. but we're going to keep going. You know, this isn't about Mm -hmm. interesting radio. It's about telling stories and getting their stories out. So today I'm going to tell you about, well, there we go. I'm going to tell you about Ashley Heavy Runner Loring. So Ashley discovered or disappeared in from Browning, Montana, on the Blackfoot Blackfoot uh, Reservation. So this is Glacier County, Montana. So she was last seen on June fifth, twenty seventeen, in Browning. She's described as being a Native American Indian with brown hair and brown eyes, five two, weighing ninety pounds. So an itty bitty. Teeny. Yep. Teeny girl. When she was last seen, she was wearing a t-shirt and jeans. There is not a ton known, but this case is really something else. So in early June, she had been at her grandparents' house. It looked like her grandparents mostly raised her and her sisters. And she was on her family's ranch. She messaged some friends on Facebook looking for a ride to town. Uh, the Blackfeet Reservation is enormous. It is something like 1.5 million acres. Wow. I it, didn't realize it was so big. It's larger than the state of Delaware. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so at A any rate. In Idaho, larger than, in Idaho and Montana are larger than the state of Delaware. Well, true. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, the, the, the Blackfeet uh, res there is enormous. So anyway, she had. Messaged some friends, asked her to uh, come get her. She was going to go to a party. So she grabbed some clothes. She packed them into a backpack and said goodbye to grandma. And off she went. She had been, she was quite the the young lady, actually. She had been a sports star in high school. She was a college student. She had a lot of big plans going. There had been some upheaval in her life grandpa had died who helped raise Mm -hmm. her and she broke up with her boyfriend or or went through a a breakup and had been 
running with some pretty rough people since then. She would had kind of gotten off course and things weren't great and hadn't been great for a little bit, but she had a lot going for her. She was really smart. She had excellent grades. Her sister said every time she would get a paperback and get like an A on it, she would be like, can you even believe I got an A? And they'd be like, yeah, bro, you always get an A. (laughs) She was just like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But a super, super smart girl. And like I said, life had gotten hard and kind of gotten off track. So she and her sister had made a plan. They were going to move together to Missoula, Montana and get an apartment and get back to college and kind of just get back on track. So there had been some drug and alcohol use happening and just, you know, she just needed a start, a fresh start, kind of get going. So that had been the plan by fall of of that year. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she was 20 years old and she, somebody posted a video somewhere on the reservation that she was in. She was on a couch with other people that were just drinking beers and visiting. And she messaged her older sister, Kimberly, And Kimberly happened to be in Morocco at that time visiting her fiance and asked her if she'd send her some money. And Kimberly had said, I can't, I'm in Africa, but are you okay? And she said, always. And that was the last thing she ever heard from her. Hmm. So days passed and Kimberly had come back to the U.S., but every time she called Ashley, her phone wouldn't pick up. But... They knew that she had been with friends and was somewhere on the reservation and she apparently had a bad habit of losing her cell phone. And so she Mm -hmm. figured she'd just lost her phone. Um, You know, some of us are like that. (laughs) 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 Not so much phone with me. It's, it's money actually, but you know, we all, we all have our thing, right? So that was, that had been a thing with her. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they weren't particularly worried. They weren't worried. Because this was normal behavior, you know, it was summer and she was running and it's what it was. But after a while, it just got a little, uh, it got weird. After a week without hearing from her, that just was too much. And then their father got really sick and ended up in the hospital with liver failure. And so Kimberly panicked because where is her sister? So this is when she starts making phone calls. And realizing that no one has seen her since the night of that party. So they go to the police, to the tribal police, and the to the federal agents from the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and let them know that she is missing. And they didn't take it seriously at all. They told the family, <laughs> she's of age, she can leave when or if she wants to. And that was their response. Yeah. And so obviously this family is not going to take that answer. So they start putting out the word that she is missing, that Ashley's missing and they don't know, nobody knows where she is. And so people start watching for her and the police are kind of, they wait, they don't do anything actually for like 10 days after they report her missing they or maybe even a little more like they just they don't take it seriously at all and so her sister though Kimberly is the one who's like really trying to find her so 
two weeks after she disappears, someone sees a young woman running from a vehicle on a really desolate road on Route 89. And there's swampland and dense forest on either sides and occasional trailers kind of buried in the woods there. So she finally gets the tribal police to listen and they come and they help with a search, but they come up empty. So they finally find a sweater that they believe to be hers in a nearby dump and it just disappears. Authorities misplace it before they can do any testing. Oh my God. So after that, it takes two full months for them to actually start launching a proper investigation. And and this is only because Kimberly is on their ass and won't Good let up. Her. Mm-hmm. Good for her because what the hell? Mm-hmm. She's been amazing. Evidence of her? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you could at least try to care, right? Yep. Or at least yep. pretend to care. Obviously, they don't. So Kimberly says that there is a woman who was receiving information on the case who seemed to have maybe been in a sexual relationship with one of the lead investigators on the case who she believes to be a prime suspect. So it gets into this very uh, twisted up situation where she feels like the police and the BIA aren't taking it seriously at all and then discovers that there's this woman who she believes is one of the last people to see her sister alive is actually sleeping with one of the investigators. Oh my God. And this person had sent many, many, many Facebook messages to Kimberly sending her on a wild goose chase. She and the police. They finally find this old guy named Sam, who apparently she had partied with uh, around the days of her disappearance. Mm -hmm. And he says that she stayed with him in his, he had kind of have as an old shacky cabin thing that's really desolate. And he says that she stayed with him for about five days and partied with him. And that then she asked him to take her to a certain pull-off that she was waiting for someone else to come and pick her up. So they get to that spot, and he says that he fell asleep in the car, and when he woke up, she was gone. And he looked around for her. She wasn't there, and he just figured that her ride came, and she went home. Mm. So in no time... This woman starts messaging her on Messenger, telling her that uh, she knows all of these things. Telling her that uh, first she pretends like she's her friend and she's going to help her search. She keeps telling her she's going to bring her dog, that she has a, a tracking dog and to bring something of hers because her dog can pick up on that scent. And then they discover mm-hmm. she doesn't have a dog at all let alone mm-hmm. a, like a trained dog. Mm-hmm. Then she tells her that her sister is in another town in a hotel room with this person's husband, a guy named Paul. Well, Paul turns out to be the same person that Sam said she was going to uh, get a ride with, though he went by a different moniker. But anyway, it turns out he's the same guy. So she says that she's in a hotel room in another town and that she has bleached her hair. She's now blonde. So everyone that's looking for her is looking for the wrong person because she's blonde now. 
Mm. So Kimberly turns all that over to the police. They actually go to that town. They go to the hotel. And guess who's in the hotel room with her or with her, him, this woman. And she's the blonde. She's the one. It's just like, it's unthinkable. It's this weird cat and mouse game that she and some of these other people that were partying with her sister are sending Kimberly all these freaking messages. And Mm. it's cruel. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. It also kind of feels like, you know, that they are redirecting or trying to. It's just awful. But in the meantime, she's getting nothing from the cops at all. Yeah. And, you know, their family is just desperately trying to get some answers. There's just so much indifference. So Kimberly is literally trekking up and down mountains. She is digging in fresh mounds of dirt. She's finding stuff. She's turning every lead she gets over to the police. Uh, she's, and again, she's getting weird messages, weird phone calls from people that don't make any sense, you know, or that are really gruesome and people are messing with her. But everything mm-hmm. she gets, she turns over to the police. Mm-hmm. She gets some help from a guy named Matthew, Matthew Lone Bear, who actually lost his sister uh, at, on another tribe. And they went through the very same kind of treatment from the police and he and some volunteers finally did find his sister. And it's another case that we will do. So I'm not going to give you so much information on that one today, but he's been there with a phantom drone helping to search. Because the thing is, when you're searching 1.5 million acres, how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that? So... It has mostly been on the family, just trying to get something. Uh, and here we are now. It's now been four years. She went missing in 2017. So in June, it'll be four years. She was 20 when she went missing. She'd be 24 now. But of course, there's been absolutely nothing. One of her aunts said it's like she just got beamed up by a UFO. She's just completely gone. So that's pretty much it. There's really no more information, though I will say that uh, just here in this last month, there was another protest by her family and friends at the police department trying to uh, insist that they do something. Mm. Jesus, that is insane and awful. I feel so sorry for her family. Mm -hmm. So not right. Like, None of this is right. None of this is okay. Yeah. None of this is acceptable. This yep. is if she were white and not on a reservation, that is not how that case would be handled at no. all in any no. way. Yep. yep. And lost evidence? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. It the whole thing is just hard to fathom. So her sister is still leading the charge trying to get some help, trying to get more attention to this case. But there's just not much to do. Because again, she has a list of suspects, but the police have been not very willing to... uh, They say that they have uh, interviewed 60 people, but she has no evidence of that. They say that they have done operated six search warrants, but it sounds like all of the search warrants have been on that one guy, Sam, on his cabin. They have searched his cabin repeatedly, but that's about it. 
There's just not he a lot. He didn't do anything. She was just there. Right. He's just an he idiot. Didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's basically where things are right now. There's just, again, hardly any information. Her poor sisters are just, uh, you know, they're they're just completely destroyed by it and just continue to look and fight. And I think they always will, you know, to see if they can ever uncover something. But again, it seems like uh, between having not good communication between the government uh, entities involved, federal government, state government, tribal government. And of course, just, uh, you know, again, having a complete indifference to these missing women. Yeah. That's give a damn. Yep. That's where it's at. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Christy, I'm going to ask you to just take a hard look at this case and tell us what you think. So we'll take a break and we'll be back for that. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving. And I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. All righty. And we are back. So of course, this is the case of Ashley Loring and we're taking a hard look. Ashley Heavy Runner Loring. We're taking a hard look at what happened to her. She vanished in 2017 on June 5th, and that's practically all we know, honestly. So, Christy, what do you think? Okay, so what I see is that she did leave with the man, Paul, or whatever his name is, and that she did connect up with his wife also. And there was some kind of threesome or some kind of um, sexual relationship between the three of them. I do feel that the woman got jealous. And I actually feel that she made her husband kill her, kill Ashley, in, in out of jealousy. There's a very weird, obsessive relationship between the two of them. And it's also very violent and unhealthy. And I do feel that he killed her and I do feel that she is buried and she's buried quite a ways from where they last, they were last known to be. So it's not in that area. If they're looking in that area, that is not where she is. She is quite a ways from there. They intentionally went away from there. So do you think they're still on the reservation or elsewhere? No, on the reservation. On the res. No doubt. But it's a wooded area. 
I know that doesn't help at all in Montana, but um, it's a wooded area and she is buried. And it is quite a long ways, like many, many miles from where she was last seen. But I feel like they absolutely know. And this is how messed up and arrogant they are that they're that she particularly is putting herself in the middle of this Mm -hmm. um well and he actually is incarcerated currently oh is he okay Mm -hmm. he's he is in jail on other stuff he's he's quite the gem but uh there was an abc interview that she was actually involved in um they brought her on and she told another set of lies. This woman has done nothing but lie. Yeah. Um, for our legal purposes, to... I'm not going to disclose her name, no. but you guys can certainly just uh, take a hard look at this case and you'll find it. The ABC interview came out on October 8th, 2019. Interesting. Well, they know, they know hundred percent and she's trying yeah. to control the case. Yeah. And, and, send um the police in another direction but they need to be looking directly at her and her husband mm-hmm. that is exactly what i feel yep absolutely absolutely well i agree with you do you think that they ever will i mean what's it going to take to bring this situation down finding the body yeah that is I don't think, I don't feel they will. And I'm sorry to say that. I don't like saying that to family members who may listen to this, but I don't feel they will find her. Right. It would be a happy wrong, you know, it would be a happy wrong if they were to find her for sure. It would, but I I don't feel that they will. They're not looking where she is. I can't really give a description of where she is because it's just trees to me. And that's everywhere on that reservation. I'm sure Mm -hmm. tons of trees. Um, and I don't know, I, I can't get anything else that would give a more, you know, a more exact location. So this uh, reservation actually borders Canada. Yeah. And that's, I, I'm with you entirely. I feel like that she's up in that area, up near the Canadian border. Up high. In, uh, way up in the trees up in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm. It, it, this is so sad and so unfortunate, and it didn't have to go like this at all. Mm-hmm. They had given a damn and tried from the beginning, but she's been dead since, like, probably the day after she was last seen. So yeah. she's not been off somewhere, you know, hiding or not coming back or anything. That's not no. true. No. No, she would have never, ever left her sisters like that. No, none of this was intentional on her part. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for that. And I totally agree. So if you want more info on this case, uh, two suggestions. One, of course, is to just look up the ABC article on it. It is called No Answers two years after 20-year-old student vanishes. And of course, it came out in October 2019. But their coverage of it, I feel like, will give you a lot and answer more of the uh, questions than we can really, or and give you a lot more information than we can really share, uh, you know, in a a 30-minute 
production here. So there's a lot more there, a lot more information about her sister, Kimberly, and the work that she's doing. But you can also follow their page on Facebook. It is called Find Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. And that's a really good resource. She's also sharing a lot of other MMIW cases. And so I appreciate the work she's doing in general, you know, for MMIW. But she also will share any updates that come on to this case there as well. And this case now goes on to our radar. So, of course, if anything does come up, we will share it with you guys immediately mm-hmm. uh, as well. But that's how you could support her sister and help support this case and it getting solved. They also have uh, gotten involved in legislation to try to help do a lot of the things we talked about last week in streamlining the system and getting better accountability for law enforcement, in streamlining a database for law enforcement with these missing women. A lot of the stuff we talked about, that's what they're doing. Her sister has been very brave and her aunt and uncle in like testifying before uh, Congress and things like that in in their Mm -hmm. state you know, and trying to make a difference. And so Mm -hmm. do something good with this situation to help things down the road for everyone else. So we honor that as well. All righty. Well, if you have any information, as always, contact the uh, FBI probably in this case and her sister as well, you know, We'll all do what we can, of course. So, again, cases like this for us are mostly about the spotlight, you know, about putting a signal boost on cases like this so that they aren't forgotten. Yeah. I had read a quote today that uh, when uh, something like this happens to a Native American woman, she dies, she disappears twice. She vanishes the first time when her body vanishes. She vanishes the second time when her story stops getting told. And so... We're not going to let this one happen. Ashley is not going to disappear. She's not going to vanish. We will keep the story alive yeah. and keep watching it and doing what we can to support. So there you have it. So this is our first case of the week. So tomorrow we'll have our joint case. On Wednesday, Christy will be presenting a case to me. Then, of course, Wednesday night we'll have our live stream updates. And then on Thursday night, these uh, live stream psychic hours. So, and those are both at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. So still so much more to come this week, you guys. And keep an eye out for pop-ups because I know we have some coming by the end of the week that are going to be a lot of fun. So we have lots going on. As always, like, share, subscribe, you know, comment, wave, say hi, whatever you want to do. We're here for it. And come join us on Facebook. It is True Crime Paranormal on Facebook. We have a discussion group there as well. And if you really want to support us, head over to our Patreon. And we always have special cases that are for our patrons only. And in fact, this week, well, a couple of days ago, we released a brand new case on Patreon. We did... Kaylee Anthony and her yeah. mother, Casey Anthony. <laughs> Everyone yeah. says the Casey Anthony case, but no, it's the Kaylee Anthony case because she was the victim. Yeah. Yes. We did give our take yep. on the Kaylee Anthony case. So good. Yep. All righty. Well, there you have it, guys. Thank you so much for being here. This has been True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care.
If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.